All right. Welcome back to another episode of The Six versus Everybody. I'm Toronto Superfan Ivan M, and I'm here with my good friend uh, Tammy. And uh, been on a bit of a hiatus, a lot of things going on, and just life gets in the way. So I apologize to all our followers and listeners uh, that we've been slacking a little bit with uh, the episodes kind of a bit more sporadic, but. Uh, we're still trying to get back into the thick of it just with all the leagues starting back up or at least uh, three of the major four leagues, uh, some for the better, some for the, <laughs> the worse, unfortunately. But uh, we're going to kick things off with uh, my beloved Leafs and uh, their uh, unfortunate early exit. And then we're going to shift into uh, the NBA with the Raptors, complete opposite, and uh, end off hopefully with uh, the, some uh, Blue Jay talk and just MLB and where it's at. Um, but anyways, yeah, so it was exciting to hear when uh, the NHL um, was going to do this bubble system. And, you know, it seems that everything's kind of gone on uh, with, from my understanding, I don't think there's been any cases confirmed. Uh, oh. The bubble's been pretty successful in both uh, the NHL and the NBA. Uh, so they were able to uh, get into uh, this uh, newer season, I guess, or like extended season, whatever you want to call it, but uh, the best of a round robin of three of five. It was an exciting series to say the least. Um, it's unfortunate again that it's the same old song and an early exit and uh, not a playoff series win for uh, my beloved Leafs, but uh, uh, it's, it's disappointing to say the least. I mean, it's been now, I think, 14 years without a playoff series win. Obviously, three of those seasons, I believe, were game seven, game seven, and this being game five, although this is more or less to get into the playoffs so I don't know if you fully on count this series but regardless uh they got bounced so <laughs> uh it's it's disheartening uh being a Leafs fan um I think uh as much as we've talked about it Tammy and uh you know uh I kind of disagree with the whole pre-Madonna thing um I think uh a shakeup needs to happen in order for this team to like move forward. Um, they haven't been able, like they just, they have moments of flash and then they run into teams that have a system and uh, it just uh, plays showed. And unfortunately they couldn't get into uh, Columbus's end because they're playing his own defense. And I mean, other than Seth Jones and okay, this Dubois guy that's, that's come up, that is pretty good. I mean, most people don't really know too many players on the Columbus Blue Jackets, but they have a good coach and good system, and they were able to beat us. Um, and it just proved, I guess, just with the coaching situation and how an experienced coach knows how to coach a team to success. Not to say that like the blame is solely on Sheldon Keith. Um, I feel the real blame and unfortunate thing right now for us is that. Uh, Brendan Shanahan made possibly a big mistake that may cost the team the next decade of hockey and being a successful team and letting Lou Lamarillo go and going with this kid and Kyle Dubas, unfortunately. And uh, I guess I'm, uh, I'm coming to the realization that uh, I don't know if he was meant for this job. He, unfortunately, he, I feel, 
uh, Brendan Shanahan bought into his, um, his analytical approach, which was good, you know, for the change of the new NHL and stuff like that. But when it came to negotiations, especially with uh, these superstar young athletes of sorts, uh, I just feel like he, he got bullied into a lot of these contracts and um, it's going to be a very uphill battle to try and get out of this because net, like, you know, whereas like Lou Lamarillo, I think he wouldn't have been strong arm. Chances are as Nylander would have sat out the whole season and it would have been a message to the rest of them that you better get your act together in terms of the way that you're going to negotiate your contract. Otherwise you're going to sit out too. Um, and you kind of saw it a few seasons ago with um, Jonathan Druin with Tampa Bay. And then unfortunately he got shipped out and let's be like perfectly honest, Jonathan Druin hasn't really done anything for the Montreal Canadiens no. in terms of the superstar stardom that he has, he, but yeah. he's a third liner at best on, on yeah. a, he's a third liner on a team like Montreal, which isn't, a very talented team. So, I mean, you could imagine what he would be on a really talented team. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's it's uh, you know, I I think I think there's a lot of things, a lot of little things that kind of are sort of wrong with Toronto right now, and I think the biggest one though is is that um I don't think Dubis commands the respect of like that other GMs who maybe have a little bit more tenure in the league so it's not only it's not only the players right it's the the respect of the agents of these players and you know um especially with William Nylander he sort of set the precedent after giving Nylander that kind of money after he sat out he sort of set the precedent that he could sort of be uh bamboozled a little bit and it you know it it happened with Marner and who knows if there are more holdouts will come, you know, when, cause I think Dermot's due in a year. Um, so I think, I, I can't remember who, who reported it, but, or if it's true, cause I didn't look, I didn't like actually dive into Columbus's uh, salary of the team, but in your, in the, the so-called big four, right. Um, mm -hmm. There, they make, so the salary that's tied up in Toronto's big four, which is Marner, Matthews, Tavares, Nylander, is the equivalent of 11 of Columbus's players. So that right there, and it's four players that essentially are all the same kind of player offense, right? Like it's, yeah. it's you don't really have, a, I mean, I guess Tavares could be seen as a more like a two-way player, um, so you basically have like over almost over half your half your over half your salary cap tied up in four players, and you sort of see where the the differences in the team were because um, I'll, I'll say it that this series Austin Matthews played really well. He lived up to to yeah to the hype and and and, and the, the superstar status. Mm -hmm. Which he's he's done in the the previous series last year or the last two series with Boston, you know, like he did show up and as well like the Washington series. Um, yeah. It's just disappointing, obviously. With um, I mean, Marner was he had a bad know. series. He, he had, had a bad, bad series. series. I, he I, did. Yeah. So did Nylander. Well, John I'm Tavares just couldn't find the back of the net, but. 
Um, like he got a lot of shots. He was going back and forth. It's uh, it, like you said, you know, it's kind of hard when you have four players that are somewhat similar tendencies. They're offensive. They score, score goals, set up goals. That's basically all four of them. Right. Um, and you have a uh, goalie that's middle of the pack. He's not, he's not top five goalie. That's for sure in the league. Um, that, and, and again, it's not sole blame on him because like, I mean, you don't even have one stud of a defenseman. I mean, even with Morgan Riley and Jake Muzzin, who unfortunately got hurt and that kind of crippled us with having to bring Marinson back in, who's atrocious. He's so bad. Oh my God. That guy's terrible. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, Jake Muzzin and Morgan Riley are second-pairing defensemen on a Stanley Cup contending team. And the thing is, is like, because you have the money wrapped up in the kids, as well as Tavares, uh, you're not able to go out and pick up. Like, I mean, this year, Alex Petrangelo is going to be available and you could potentially get, I'm not saying you would get him, but like, I mean, you could go, out. You're gonna you have to. Have to. I, I think that Nylander is. I mean, the the. I think the scary. I think the worst thing, if you're a Leafs fan, is besides them not technically not making the playoffs. Even though I know this was a a, a playoff sort of scenario. Yeah. The best three out of five. But the worst thing is all these reports now that are coming out saying that they don't think they need drastic change in the team. And I, I get to a certain extent. I get why they're saying that because you know, you would, you admit that to your fan base and you admit that to the media that they're, you know, but everyone's like, well, I thought drastic changes already happened. So now you're telling me there has to be more drastic changes, but there does. They, they, I understand they have a lot of talented forwards on this team, but this run and gun all outscore you type of hockey. I mean, Anyone who you don't even have to be like an avid a hockey fan or NHL fan, you know that once hockey in the playoffs is completely different than regular season. You can't run and gun and just outscore your opponent. It's it's defense. Like the the moniker is defense wins championships, right? I mean, for the sure. Raptors had Kawhi last year and they won a championship because he's his amazing two way play. Like so. It, you know, I think people will point to that game four where they came back with three goals in four minutes. That, that I think, had less to – that had more to do with Columbus just completely letting up and less to do with Toronto, you know, yeah. playing well. So Well, and in the end, they played like crap the game before, right? Like you're up 3 right. nothing and you lose. So it was just kind of like a tit for tat yeah. and that's it. It was a wash. And And, you know, when you – I mean, the lack of depth on the team was so apparent because when when Keith put together Marner's Marner's Marner Matthews and Tavares together, and when that when they were on the ice, they they controlled the play, right? The 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 puck was always in Columbus's end. They just couldn't finish, unfortunately. But that you know, bad luck kind of plays a part in that as well. But as soon as those guys were off the ice, it was nothing. They Toronto was getting run over. So, you know, you can say what you will about, about how good Hyman is and, and uh, Janssen and stuff like that, but in Spetsner, uh, you know. Well, like it was basically the first and the fourth line that 
you know, kind of showed up, but you can't have like two out of four of your lines not show up. Like your second unit still has Nylander. I mean, mind you again, though, here's the thing. Like, I don't know what, like, okay. So with Nylander, everybody's talking about the contract and, Mm -hmm. and it's terrible and stuff like that. And like, yeah, he's trade worthy, but in the end, Nylander's not a center. He's a winger. He's not a center. They keep on, they'll keep him on the wing. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, let's shake things up and let's put him at center. Yeah. And they did the same thing again that they did last year when they put him at center after Kadri was out. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the guy cannot play center at all. He, he's a guy you need to pass the puck to. He'll put it in the net. Like you, I don't think you needed to have Tavares, uh, Matthews and Marner together. You could have still done two of them with, and you could have put Nylander up on that line and brought maybe like John Tavares or I uh, got Austin Matthews. Cause Austin Matthews is actually stepping up as a center, but you could put, you could put John Tavares on the center line with Nylander as your second line with um, Kapanen and away you go. Yeah. And that's it. But, but that was just, it was a rookie coach, not really knowing. So there, there's that. And I, I'd like to still give him a bit of the benefit of the doubt in the sense that, I mean, we only got half a season sample size with him. So, I mean, who knows, but you can't constantly be changing and stuff like that. And like, as much as like I was saying, like, Oh, thank God we got rid of Babcock, blah, 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 blah. But in the end, that wasn't going to fix our problem. Our problem is the fact that they show up only half of the time. They want to play their game of hockey And unfortunately, you need to play the NHL's game of hockey. You can go and score goals, but you need to play defense. And the other thing is, is that with our defensemen, is we don't have an actual puck-moving defenseman or, like, a defensive defenseman that can actually get the puck up, it seems. Like, you have, you have, like, look, Tyson Berry was a joke. Like, what? Like, now in hindsight, it just, like, that looks like an awful trade. Because you picked up Kerfoot, who was invisible in the playoffs or in this round. And, uh, and Tyson Berry has been terrible since the beginning of the season. Just awful. Two and a half million dollars. See you later. Cody Cece, another guy. I don't know. He's afraid. I don't know what's his problem, but he is just awful. Now, one of my friends, he said, he's like, you knew what you were getting with Cece and Marincic. And Tyson Berry, that was, that was disappointing. But it's like, in the end, these guys are like, you're a professional athlete. Like, this is the best of the best. These are the best guys, like, regardless of what you're making. So, anyways, my whole thing is, is like, right now, like, if, if what you're saying is true, like, because, again, I haven't really listened too much to, like, Leafland in terms of, like, what the rumors are that they don't, they're not really planning on changing the team or whatever. The only thing I could say to that is that, in the end, you have two and a half million. You have four and a half. Mind you, again, the salary cap is going to be a bit messed up this year because of COVID. But it's going to go down. So I guess yeah. Know, so I don't. Yeah. I, I'm not exactly sure how those that those details are going to obviously emerge eventually. But uh, you have two and a half million in in Cody Berry that's off the tables. You got four and a half with Cody CC, and so like. In the end, and I mean, you could potentially like Morgan Riley. I think he's coming up into an expiring contract, and I don't know. I don't know if you necessarily keep him, but I mean, well, he's, uh, it depends if you can afford him because I think he's well, coming. I think it's five point five. He's going to get upwards of eight or nine, he, or he's going to yeah. command that much, right? And, yeah. Um, Which, but in the end, if he's commanding that much, I mean, good luck because you're you're not worth that much right now. Like you're not like he broke his foot this year. 
he hasn't like he's not even like he was like what the one season i think where he was kind of in the conversation but not really it was halfway through the the season when he was leading or what like one of the top defensemen in points um for the norris but it's like buddy you're not a norris troll like he's barely like he's only a first line by default defenseman on the leafs yeah i, I so the, the, the these were the two things that sort of stuck out to me the most with the leafs watching them play um during this qualifying round and it was one thing they it's it was like and again, this is what I mean about this running gun offense. They love doing the stress stretch pass, going from blue line yeah. to blue line, trying to spring a guy. It's like that's not going to work. Yeah, like it no. might, you might get by once and surprise the other team, but they're going to yeah. clog that neutral zone, and you can't cherry pick at the blue line of the opposing team, waiting for that stretch pass to come. Well, and that's yeah. just it. That's like pee wee hockey in terms yeah. of like what you're expecting to get. So it's the either they gotta they gotta. Tell it like these guys need to start playing defense and get into a more defensive minded way of playing hockey so that you can break out of your own end properly and stop passing the puck always back, 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 back. Like move the puck forward, dump and chase. You know, yeah. you got get it in, like, carry, carry, like just yeah. carry it over the line and just muck it out, grind it out. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's not. I mean, I'm watching, I've watched some of the first round. And it's not, uh, it's not fancy hockey. It's, it's no. fucking and grinding, right? Because that's just how the playoffs are. And, and the second thing that stood out to me was that while Anderson, you know, made a lot of really good saves, he, he never seems to make that big save that he should. And yeah. I mean, I don't know if the, I mean th that the Liam Foodie goal where all four Leafs change and left Martin Marincin, which is the last person you want to be leaving yeah. as a full line of defense out on the ice. Like, yes, it, you know, it was, it was a horrendous change by the Leafs, but, you know, Anderson saw Foodie in there and that shot was, a, it was a bad goal. As, as, bad yeah. as, the, as bad as the line change was, absolutely terrible. Yeah, for the sure. Shot, the shot itself, like that was a bad goal to let in. And, yeah. you know, that was sort of like that, how they say, like the backbreaker, right? Where I think that that put Columbus up to nothing at that point. And that was it. And that was it. Well, and, and that's the thing, though, too. Like, the thing that's like, I mean, like, and I'm not, again, like, because, you know, the team in front of him has just been as. He hasn't had like any kind of like, oh, my God, did you see the save that Freddie Anderson made? on so-and-so yeah. unbelievable he robbed him nobody's saying that yeah and unfortunately not only are we not saying that but <laughs> you have like a goal like that where it's just like that's just so deflating in a game five elimination like, game, in a game that's really close where yeah your team is, is down just by one yeah and it's just such a bad goal to let in and well, yet, it, it was a terrible change like i don't know what toronto was i don't know what they were but it was the same play. thing in game two game yeah. two uh i think they lost i can't remember what the score i think it was two nothing but the first goal or like the first goal because the second one i'm pretty sure was an empty netter you're it, it's zero zero it's a really tight game in that and uh there was like it was a goal that he should have had like he had there was nobody uh, screening him or anything like that. Like he should have had it. He didn't. 
And again, I'm not putting sole blame on him, but like at the same time, like you need a goalie to steal a game and he didn't steal any games. There yeah. wasn't one game where it's like he stole that game, you know, and that's what you need. Like any good goalie, they do like, Finally, like a dare I say it, as much as I hate the fact that your Habs uh, made it past the round robin, but like Carey Price at the end of the day, he seems to be kind of back to him old self, his old self. He's, uh, you know, and, and um, I, didn't, I didn't watch any of those games, but uh, um, he, I'm pretty sure he stole at least one of those games. He, yeah, he, he was phenomenal in that series against Pittsburgh. And um, I, I do think that Pittsburgh, you know, I, I don't know if Malkin was 100%. I don't think he was 100% healthy. Um, Sid was always good. He's good regardless. And, you know, they have Jake Gensel and Brian Rust. And the, the, the Penguins have a lot of depth, which is good. Um, Montreal played really well in that series. Uh, you know, they so game one of their series against against Philadelphia was yesterday. It was last night. And they yeah, lost, lost. one, which I'm not yeah. shocked at. But, you know, Price made, like, probably the save of the year. And I don't even know how he saved it. And he was yeah. down now. And, and, you know, it's, it's yeah, they still lost. But you're, you're right. You, you need your goalie to, to steal games for you, especially in the playoffs. And it is, it's defense and goaltending that wins you these, these types. You know, yeah. like Gordon Biddington for, the, for the, the final last year was amazing. Yeah. And, you know, they want, it's, that's not a, it's, nothing it's no secret. This is, this has been going on forever. It was the same yeah. thing. Like, I mean, you had uh Braden Holtby for Washington. Yep. He stole some games in, in uh, the series uh, for Washington in order for them to win. Yep. And, and I mean, time and time again, usually a lot of the time the Vesna ends up going to the goalie half the time. Yeah. Like I, I can't remember the last time I saw a team win the, the cup with really average goaltending. Like I, I really have to think hard about that. Yeah, it's tough. It's, you know, even In when Chicago at Corey Crawford, you got Tim Thomas that stood on his head the one yeah. year for Boston and the second time around, even though they lost was Tuka Rask. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You got, I mean, just you could go down the yeah. list like in terms yeah, yeah. of goalies it's, it's just you know even when pittsburgh won their their second cup when they went back to back matt murray stood on his head and yeah. you know it, it you'd be and hard flurry pressed, too yeah them. you'd be hard pressed to find a team that's won the cup in recent years where the goalie hasn't stood on his head and yeah. you know unfortunately that you know i i don't know i well we haven't had the opportunity to see anderson in that situation but um oh. uh, it, it, the uh, according to you know TSN and the the management thinks that they still believe in the core and and they're going to work with the core that they have and you know uh, well if that, if that's the case and and that's that's what you're deciding to do I don't know if that's necessarily the right decision but in the end like they got to I don't know they they need to get a better defensive coach that is going to drill it in their heads that you can't play this pond hockey anymore. You got to actually play defense. You got to skate back. You got to back check and you got to bring the puck up collectively work as a team and yeah. Uh, and dump and chase and just do the, do the things that most teams don't want to do. Those are the things that are going to win you games they are going to win you playoff series. And you know, you have an opportunity where you may have a chance to win a cup. Yeah. Like, and 
it's just it's one of the things that so you know how like it, whenever a team exits the postseason or, or doesn't you know they do sort of like this postmortem where they do like do all these interviews and stuff like that and then Marner who like I love Mitch Marner he said something really like it's just so stupid and just this is why I think it's just like that core is just the team maybe not John Tavares because like he's like old man now, but they're just like a bit diva-ish because he's just like, oh yeah, I just, I wasn't engaged in the first game. It's like, what do you mean you weren't engaged in the first game, dude? Like, yeah, you're getting paid like nine million a season. This is the playoffs. Like, what do you mean you just weren't engaged in the first game? Like, yeah, you can't be saying, you can't be answering uh, reporters like that. And like, what kind of message are you sending to the fan base, especially like, to say. Well, because, like, I guess they were complaining about the bubble. But it's, like, in the end, like, you haven't played for, like, yeah, you haven't played for, like, three, four months. And in the end, like, you're playing, like, the thing that you love. Like, just come on. You just signed, like, a ridiculous contract. Like, we don't care. We don't care what you, like, you don't like. You know what we would like? We'd like to see a series that's actually won by hard-fought players. So you're actually like, you know, the public looks at your paycheck and isn't like, oh my God, they make that much? Yeah. Yeah, I just, I thought it was a stupid thing to say. And if anything, like you would think the Leafs would have at least a bit of an advantage. I know that the fans are in the stands, not that, I mean, not that it's very loud in the Scotiabank arena very often, but. Oh, it's loud. Because it's always suits that are there filling up the seats, not real fans. That's the only thing. Um, but you're in your home city, you're in your home rink and you know, it, all the, the other seven teams that are, that were playing in the bubble or however many there were, right? Like they're all in the same situation as you. So don't, and they're not even in their home rinks. Like you're in your home rink. Like you have that sort of mini advantage. And, um, yeah, I just thought it was a really stupid thing to say. I know like he, maybe he was trying to be honest and whatnot, but you just can't say that you, you just weren't engaged in the first game. It's that's stupid. Well, especially, especially, and then like Kyle Dubas came to his aid or whatever. I don't understand why he gets a lack for things that the few things that he does wrong. Like, you know, he's a heck of a player. He's da 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 da. And it's like, yes, he is a heck of a player. But when like he doesn't show up in a series, like he was, he was a ghost. Like, he didn't really do anything. Yeah. Kyle Dubas like it's just needed a disappointing. Few, he needed a few more years of, of being mentored by someone like Lula Amarillo. Yeah. Uh, because I think he I think he bit off way more than he could chew with becoming the GM of the Leafs. It's it's just he's made some really bad decisions. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's it sucks. It's disappointing for the city, you know. It, I, think, I think people had – people were – really sort of optimistic about this because I mean as you can see anything kind of can happen I mean Montreal being even being in the playoffs is like and that never would have happened without COVID and the stop and play like they were dead last almost in the east right well not dead last because Detroit was terrible but in Buffalo Mm -hmm. but um and Ottawa you know I yeah in Ottawa (laughs) you you missed this golden opportunity and uh you know now and and i know afterwards some fans were like oh we can get lafreniere it's like you don't need lafreniere if if, i mean if if toronto got that pick the smartest thing they could do is like hey uh, they weren't gonna get it though hey whoever like yeah we'll trade you 
I know that Carolina gets their pick, but the, the, the I think top three was protected. So if they got a number, oh, protected. okay, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah, yeah. Like you don't need Lafreniere. What you know, if they were to get that number one pick, Dubas would be like, okay, St. Louis, I want Bennington and Petrangelo for this number one pick, you know, or whatever. Like yeah. you don't, you don't need another no. Matthews or another no. like playmaking no. winger no so, that would be that would be a pick that would be worth trading oh you could get, you, you would get a king's ransom for that right but yeah either that or maybe you do keep him and maybe you trade one of these bad contracts and you keep yeah. him under control and then that frees up the or whatever like say you know you traded a marner or a nylander or I mean, I, I still don't think you trade Matthews. Like, I, no, I still, no, no. Matthews is, is going to be a cornerstone of that. I team. think, yeah, I think the only one that, like, they're going to potentially trade would be Nylander. Um, and then, like, I think it's a stretch for them to trade Marner, but um, I could see it. I, I just, if, 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 if it's the right deal. But yeah. then again, I mean, who knows? They may just <laughs> trade them and get nothing. So who knows? But uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, but that's just it. Um, it's too bad. It's it's disappointing being a Leafs fan. I mean, hopefully we're not seeing 20 years, like the next five years. It's like, oh, every year it's like, oh, well, they got a chance this year. And it's like, well, it's the same old swan song. But uh, yeah. I just hope they eventually figure it out. Um, hopefully they make a few moves in the offseason. Hopefully this shakes things up a bit, regardless of what's being reported. And they decide to yeah, 100%. If the deal's right. They can make a deal and – get some defense or get some better grit. Um, but right now, the way that they're playing, um, they're never going to win. They'll, they'll, yeah. they'll just continue to miss the, be mediocre, and, and that's it. And, uh, yeah, let's hope that – or at least for me, let's hope uh, and all the Leafs fans that uh, this costly mistake possibly with uh, having Kyle Dubas at the helm uh, can turn itself around. Yep. We'll, well see what happens. From, from one disappointing Toronto team to a not disappointing Toronto team, you can talk about the Raptors. Night and day. Night yep. and day between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Toronto Raptors from mm -hmm. the president all the way down to the guy, the water boy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, what can we say about our Raptors? Um, everybody was, uh, not everybody. I mean, here in Canada, we know what our team's about. But uh, just what a, I don't know, just like a class act of an organization, the way that they handle themselves, especially with all the politics and everything else that's been going on. You know, they've been trying to just move the needle forward as best they can, give their support to uh, all the American teams. And, and anyways, but uh, enough about that. Um, it's uh, good to see that uh, – well, one, the NBA is back, and uh, they've been pretty good with uh, in terms of the bubble and not really having too many players uh, test positive, from my understanding, maybe only a few. They have um, And I some of those were ones that kind of broke protocol. Yeah, um, I, I don't think they've had in the past, like, two, three weeks, they've had no positive tests, which is, is really good. Same with yeah. the NFL, so. Um, yeah, no, it's it's been great. Um you know, uh, just with, um, like, it's just been amazing to watch them come back and, and, uh, 
a lot of unity with the team. Like, you know, Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster basically said to the team, well, if we're asking for you to go and get into this bubble, well, we're going to go down there with you. And they're actually in the bubble. And um, basically they have a lot of staff that went down and are staying there. They basically decorated the whole floor with a lot of family photos and albums and stuff like that in the players' rooms, which is amazing to see. Um, they've just been staying united and supporting each other, um, you know, from with the whole Black Lives Matters movement and, and wearing the on the back of the jerseys with the, the positive slogans and just trying to uh, get change uh, in regards to that. And, and just the Black Lives Matters um, buses and that was uh, cool to see. But uh, and just Masai Ujiri talking about it, too, and that we're just we're in full support. Draymond Green was actually asking him, like, how do you. Uh, support when it's like I mean and unfortunately with Draymond Green just being a little bit naive not thinking that racism doesn't uh, happen up here in Canada because it does it happens in all facets all forms all different people regardless of your nationality across the globe unfortunately racism is everywhere but anyways it was just nice to see that they're all united and then just now even uh, last night was interesting with the Philadelphia 76ers game uh, Nick Nurse actually sat it out and let the assistant coach um, uh, coach coach the whole game and uh, uh, just showing the support and just uh, even with the, the the last like the bottom five players uh, basically playing majority of the game uh, all the veterans like Norm Powell and Kyle Laurie and uh, Serge Ibaka and that just showing their support and going nuts on the st- on the sidelines is great to see and just it just kind of shows and reminds you like how much of a family, a franchise, I guess, needs to be in order to have like the ultimate success. Mm-hmm. Like, cause even right now, everybody's they like Charles Barkley's commented on it among others. And the fact that the Raptors don't get any respect um, as, as the reigning NBA champs. And uh, you know, Serge Ibaka was commenting on it and just saying, you know, that's okay. We're going to be all right. We just continue to go about our business and and continue to to move forward and um, and just show that you know what you guys can count us out all day, but they know like we know what the Raptors are and they're just they're a juggernaut of a team with or without Ka- Kawhi Leonard. Um, Kawhi Leonard showed them the way last year, but this year like just the whole de- defensive mentality. I saw like Marcus Saul. They were asking him about him playing defense, and it's like. In order to be successful and, and win championships and stuff like that, you got to do what other teams are not willing to do. Mm-hmm. And the Toronto Raptors across the board are willing to do whatever it takes, take whatever role that they got on the team, and just push the needle forward as far as it can go, which is amazing to see. We obviously wish that the Toronto Maple Leafs would watch that and get some in- inspiration. But, um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, they, they obviously, they, they secured the second seed um, mm-hmm. against Memphis the other night. Fortunately, they lost against Boston, but uh, they just had a really bad off game of shooting and not playing proper defense. But, uh, yeah, they're just so exciting to watch. Um, I'm, I'm excited for the future of them, too, not only for this year, but just moving forward. Like, everybody always talks about the big three, and I just feel like Masai has – has managed to maneuver getting the big three just through drafts and development leagues and stuff like that with Fred Van Fleet, Pascal Siakam, and OG Ananobi. 
Like people forget OG Ananobi was actually he was supposed to be he was projected to be a number one pick, but he broke it was either his hand or his foot, mm-hmm. and uh, he dropped in the draft uh, to seventeenth. But like he has huge upside. You can see his he has tendencies like Kawhi Leonard in a way. I'm not saying he's Kawhi Leonard, but he definitely plays a very uh, two way game. And once his offense starts to come come alive, which it has in this little small sample of the new NBA with the, the eight uh, games, uh, you know, I think there's just only pro- – the sky's the limit, like, for this kid. And just the potential that these guys can can um, get to is, is unbelievable. I mean, even Steady Freddy, Fred Van Fleet, he came back even better. Like, you see his handles, his just his dribbling skills are just – off the charts and it's just it's it's really very exciting to watch i look forward to um them hopefully making it to the finals again and just uh and not possibly repeating but um it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how these uh playoffs unfold yeah i think uh i think too the thing that you can really notice with the raptors which is maybe a little bit different from the philosophy of the leafs is that um even though you have players on the team that you would be, you consider superstars, right? Like Lowry and I guess to a certain extent, Siakam, right? Um, There isn't this sort of uh, diva mentality on the team, right? It's just a very uh, blue collar mentality, like go to work and, you know, gut it out. And, and, you know, you don't have, (laughs) we were watching, the Raptors play the Lakers a couple of weeks ago and it's just every single call LeBron would be contesting and bitching oh, for yeah. the rep, right? Yeah. And it's just like, and he's always done that. Like that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's part of his, his repertoire, but you, you don't really see, I mean, I'm not saying Lowry never argues calls or anything like that, but like, it's just, it's just a different vibe, right? They're, it, they're mm. just a very, um, unified very you know steady and there's just a really good culture around there which is so weird that that hasn't like infiltrated in the Leafs since like you know they they're all they're all MLSE they're all owned under the same umbrella mm-hmm. you would think that some of those philosophies would trickle into to the Leafs but um you know and and how many times do you hear people say like basketball players are divas well I don't know who, I don't know who acts more diva-ish, the Raptors or the Maple Leafs. I don't yeah. know. So, yeah. and I, I think it is leadership too. I think you, you know, you have, you have Masai Ujiri as the leader of, of, you know, the, so to speak, the leader of, of the Raptors. And then you got, you know, this sort of wonder kid who thinks analytics will win you championships. Which totally <laughs> crap. And Kyle Dubas and, you know, having his like buddy come coach the team because, you know, they came up together in the Sioux and all that stuff. So I, I, I think that's, I think that's, that's where the differences are, right? It's just, it's a different philosophy, I think, with how the Raptors are constructed. Oh, for sure. But I think just with that, though, it's just in terms of that, like, it's a bit bit different it's it's way different in terms of the leagues like you have the Toronto Maple Leafs who are an original six team they are the mecca of the NHL in terms of markets and that versus the Toronto Raptors the only Canadian team in the NBA 
and they never seem to get any kind of respect. Yeah. Whereas like the Leafs, like they got like respect as a franchise in the history of the franchise. Mm. But obviously, like, I mean, it's very much like a boys club in the NHL and I'm going to yeah. hook my buddy up and this and that. And that's kind of how it goes. Whereas like the NBA, I'm not saying it's not like that because you have the LeBron Jameses and you have like Kevin Durant and the superstars that can whine to the refs all day and they eventually start getting the respect calls, which is a whole nother issue in the NBA um, in terms of that. And, and I find with the Raptors, at least they're able to overcome that a lot. I'm not saying that Kyle Lowry doesn't uh, go and, and be a little bit animated with the refs and that, but that's also because it, it just, if you watch a lot of the games, we don't get a lot of respect calls based on the player, like even Kawhi Leonard, like he was getting, he's getting manhandled last year on numerous occasions and that, and they wouldn't call really anything. And you kind of see it this year where now he's getting all the respect calls because he's in LA and it's a bit different and, and so forth. And I mean, call me biased, but I just, I kind of see it for what it is. But the one thing that I do like is the fact that the Raptors now have this attitude of like, we don't even care next man up mentality doesn't even bother us you guys want to count us out you don't want to give us respect well we're going to demand our respect by stuffing it in your face about how good of a franchise we are because the other thing is like in terms of statistics i think in the last like say five six even maybe seven years the raptors have one of uh, one of the top three if not top winning percentages of all of of all nba teams um which is an interesting stat, at least for me. It just shows a level of consistency. Yeah. And yes, of course, like there was the early exits at the hands of LeBron James and that. But uh, obviously, it, it just like it's a bit of, of a different vibe now. Once like DeMar DeRozan, because DeMar DeRozan also kind of whined a fair bit when he wouldn't get the respect calls. And I'm not saying he was wrong either, but he was also getting to the line a lot more than most players in the NBA. Um, because again, he's he's more not really a perimeter shooter. He's more of a a, a 15 foot jump shot kind of specialist and driving the lanes. But uh, um, but once like he left and that, and now I mean with Kawhi left, it's just they they just they're like we're gonna play defense. We're gonna make you guys earn every single bucket, regardless if our shots are dropping or not. And uh, and eventually, like you know, they have faith that eventually, like the shots will start falling, which they have been. You know, and um, it's great to see. Um, I was a little bit disappointed, I'm not going to lie, because after they clinched uh, the playoffs or the second seed, uh, Milwaukee sat Giannis, and they sat their three guys with uh, Lowry. I think it was Lowry, uh, Serge Ibaka, and possibly Powell. I'm not entirely sure. Fred Benfley, one or the other. I think um, Ibaka's got a bit of an injury, though. I think his knee is a bit... Got a bit of a He's a bit banged up, yeah. but I think he'll be he'll be coming back. Like they probably they'll precaution him uh, in the next game, and yeah. we'll, I guess in the Brooklyn series it'll just depend on if they decide to bring him in or not. Uh, Gasol's at least come back pretty much fully healthy from that hamstring, and you can put Boucher in. Boucher I think still has a little bit of growing to do. He still needs to put on like 30, 40 pounds because he'll be getting manhandled in the, in the box. But that being said. He's got a very no-give-up mentality. He will do anything it takes. Um, he has a little bit of an unorthodox uh, a shot, but he still takes them and he does hit. Um, so it's interesting to see him and just like his, his growth, I guess, in the last little while. 
Um, but I mean, we're, we're going to, I think our X factor definitely is going to be OG Ananobi um, in terms of, of getting some, some secondary or third option offensive scoring with like Kyle Lowry and, and Fred Van Fleet kind of trading off each other in terms of that secondary scoring with uh, Pascal. But um, and yeah, it's just, it's amazing to watch. I'm looking forward to what these playoffs have in store. It's also kind of interesting. There's a couple like rumors going around or conspiracy theories like with the West. So like right now the East is pretty much set, right? Mm -hmm. First to eight for the most part. Actually they are set. Um, whereas like in the West, you have four teams still clawing for that final playoff spot in Portland, Phoenix, San Antonio, and Memphis. Yeah, they and, have, so those teams have losing records. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty brutal. But I pretty yeah it's it's pretty bad when there's teams with losing records making the playoffs but um uh the phoenix suns have gone like seven to no devin booker has been lights out for them and unfortunately i don't think they're gonna make the playoffs uh portland should hopefully get that final spot and i kind of hope they do because you know you want to see them face the lakers and hopefully possibly even dismantle the Lakers for who oh, they man, are. Oh, man, I can't wait. I, w I, would I would watch that. I'd watch Lillard dismantle them and just be yeah. there. That would be fantastic. Well, because the thing is, is like Portland's not an eighth-place team. They're, they underachieved this year. They're also injured, too. Nurkic was out, and Whiteside just didn't seem to fit in all that well. But, uh, but Damian Lillard, like, uh, like that guy – doesn't get a fair shake because he's in the West because there's so many guards. He gets snubbed a half the time for the all-star games and that, but he's actually like, cause like for whatever reason, people would prefer to see Russell Westbrook over him mm -hmm. when really Damian Lillard is way better than Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook cannot shoot a shot to save his life. Whereas Damian Lillard just lights out, but, mm -hmm. and just seeing the trash talking with him and Paul George and Beverly. And it's like, you guys keep switching teams and, <laughs> like yeah. you, I'm still dismantling you. So never mind my free throws that I missed. Okay, but um, uh, the, the the conspiracy that was going around was that uh, the Clippers sat Kawhi and then took Paul George out in order for Portland to win, so that Portland can face the Lakers and beat up on them. So then the Clippers would have a better path. Man, and then better. I was talking to somebody else, and they were saying like just with Doc Rivers, he. He'll say, no, we didn't do any such thing, which is obviously what he would have to say. I'm not saying this is, this is possible or anything like that. Because in the end, with the, it's just kind of interesting. It's an interesting take, I guess. Um, that being said, I mean, it's still like the wild, wild west, and there's so many good teams. So I don't think even the Clippers, they could potentially get knocked off in the first round too. So, But, um, yeah, it's just it's going to be really fun to watch. Um, it's obviously been a little bit different. Like a lot of people have been commenting and somewhat complaining about how ugly it looks on, on television, just with no fans and yeah. as opposed to the NHL. But like the difference is, is the NHL, they're playing in actual arenas with no fans. Whereas the NBA is playing in like four, um, four courts or whatever it is in that are just like basically for like a basketball tournament kind of style. Yeah, it's, know, it's, a so. makeshift, it's a makeshift sort of environment. And, you know, I, I think, I think people, I think we're just creatures of habit and it just, some, it, sometimes people can never get used to a different look. And sometimes it just takes you like the first couple of games I watched for hockey, I was like, this is kind of weird. And then you, you know, I, I don't know. I haven't watched 
many basketball games, but I know on the hockey broadcasts, like the, the ambient noise and stuff like that, that they pump in with it is for the viewer is, is really good. So you kind of forget about it and um, you know, you, you don't really notice it as much. And I, and also too, I think people just are always going to have something to complain about. There's always that group of people that just looks for stuff to complain about, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, I think both the NHL and the NBA have done really good jobs from top to bottom from actually organizing it into the bubble and hub cities and right down to the broadcasts and uh you could not say the same for baseball which admittedly i have i maybe have watched a total of like two or three innings of baseball Um, yeah i haven't watched too much you 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 have full teams coming down with covid you know the marlins got the party started and now the cardinals are in the thick of it and i mean how they thought that this was going to work where you would have teams traveling all over the u.s and playing in each other's you know playing in their home ballparks and stuff like you know i'm actually shocked you haven't had more teams that have had full-on outbreaks right and mm-hmm. you know it's it, to me it, it's it baseball was already in trouble i think because that older generation that were like the purists they're kind of sort of uh you know passing on in life Mm -hmm. and the younger generation it's been really hard to get them engaged in baseball Mm -hmm. and uh i think this is just this is gonna further hurt the game even more and you know it's i know now like manfred is saying that um, they they'll adopt the bubble format for the playoffs, and it's like, yeah, but it's too late now. Will, like, will you even get to the playoffs? It, like, that's just it. It, it <laughs> it's really sad. Like in terms of Major League Baseball, because like I, I like watching baseball and like watching the Jays and stuff like that. But I mean, you went through the whole scandal with the Houston Astros and all that mess. And you butchered it. And you and you completely screwed it up you you basically you completely shit the bed in terms of how to discipline a team with respect to that and i mean a lot of people say well every team does it and da 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 and it's like well it depends on what uh, what side of the equation you're looking at like yes of course like i could wa- i could get an analytics guy to literally watch every single game that they play in order to cipher their code or decipher their code so to speak like anybody else could, but in the end, in terms of in game, that's a whole nother story yeah, and where you're literally you, got a guy in the outfield. Who's got an Apple watch and he's just communicating with the dugout. And that's a whole nother story. So um, as well as like having a guy on second base, like being able to like pick the calls and that's a little bit different, like, you know, but regardless of that, like in terms of Manfred, like you completely shit the bed in terms of how you discipline the team. Um, now COVID happened. Um, and now between you and the owners, and I don't know, the MLBPA, because I'm not entirely sure who's all to blame for this, because, I mean, when it was initially reported that they were coming back, they were going to do 50 games, and it was going to be, a, or sorry, the owners wanted 50 games and was pretty much ready to cancel the season, but the players wanted like 112 because they want to get paid because their contract is on a game-per-game basis. So there was that disaster. And they couldn't seem to come to like a proper collective agreement based on that. And then uh, just on the, the simple fact, like with the COVID thing going on, 
um, why you thought it would be a good idea to have people getting on planes, getting off planes, going to these baseball stadiums, allowing fans in to watch these games. Or did they have fans? I can't remember if that was, it was them so or it, MLS. No, they, they, don't have, they don't have fans. They don't have fans. Watch the games, but there's nothing stopping you from having your family, your side pieces, your whatever. Yeah. You know, and, you, you, you know, there's rules, quote unquote, in place. But then you have these guys breaking these rules to, like, go out to, like, casinos and stuff. And, yeah. and just all this, all this junk, right? And it's, you know you you really see the difference in how these leagues are run from the NBA and the NHL and then you look at MLB and you're just like man you guys are just lost right now like you have no clue how to navigate this you've completely butchered this yeah so you know you have basically right now you have the players and the owners at war with each other because yeah you know the one side just doesn't trust the other side as far as they could throw them no have no loyalty you know these and and it's all because they want to get to the postseason because they want to get that that uh the tv money for the postseason but you won't i I can't see baseball getting to the postseason if you continue to have teams that you're literally canceling like two weeks of their games because the whole team has COVID, and you know and it, it just it really sucks because i feel like baseball was struggling a little bit and they had an opportunity to be the only game in town in the beginning of all of this. Yeah. They did it properly, but they com- just completely bungled it. And, and they've dug themselves a hole now with their players and now with the fans. Um, you know, how they managed the whole situation with the Houston Astros and you know, basically saying, oh, if you, if you narc on your teammates, we'll give you immunity. You won't be in trouble. It's like, no, that's so stupid. Like, it's a know. bad way about going about it. It's yeah. like, just so, let the hammer come down. If you're going to discipline them, you got to yeah, discipline and, them and that's it. They should have been stripped of the world series and yep. that should have been that, but yeah. they didn't do that. They basically, okay, we'll take away a couple picks, find you some millions and be on your way yeah. and then have two fall guys. In, yeah. in uh, Beltran and uh, the coach, but yeah, uh, yeah. so it's yeah, it, you know I know the Jays are they're playing out of Buffalo now, and that was that was again was like a last minute sort of they didn't have a place to play because up here in Canada we have a little bit more sense and we're like yeah no we're not going to be letting people come back and forth through the border during a pandemic like it makes no sense yeah. Um, like how they done it with the bubble and see that was the thing too because a lot of people I mean I was kind of on board when the NHL was like like originally like talking about coming up to Canada I was just kind of like oh man like stay down there like if you guys want to open up the league because it was just like still again you know you're like can you do it safe and I think we talked about on the last podcast if you could do it safe then by all means and like obviously like they've done it as in a safe manner as they possibly can um, yep, so from my understanding, I haven't heard any cases. Um, whereas like major league baseball is just like, I think we were talking about this earlier, uh, not on the podcast, but just saying that like, they'll, they're not going to finish the season. No. Like it'll probably be like by the end of the month, like they'll be done. Yeah. And, I, like I just, now they're talking about doing a bubble for playoffs. It's like, well, when, uh, like, I don't know. It's, it's just very late. difficult. It's, it's too, too late. late. You've yeah. already, you've already dug yourselves a hole and 
Yeah. You know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this affects the next couple of seasons. You know, uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see the effect that this whole coronavirus situation has on on the leagues coming into their next seasons. Because you know, we we already know that baseball and or sorry, uh, hockey and basketball are going to be having later starts than usual October. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think that the NBA and the NHL will recover from it nicely. I, I think baseball, it's a whole different story. And yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if, if they do make it to the postseason. I will be very shocked. Um, but I think right now, if you ask people, you know, if you had a choice between watching an NBA game, an NHL game, or a baseball game, I don't think many would be picking baseball. I think the majority would be picking basketball yeah maybe up here in Canada uh, hockey but yeah it's it's definitely very different philosophies and setups from those three leagues and um you know I I think that this is going to hurt baseball for a really long time and I don't know they're going to have to do some sort of fancy work to get back into it because especially because they're the players right now just hate the owners right they're just it's oh big time but it's well yes they hate the owners and not in terms of the way that they're handling it and so forth but again like it's all it's greed all around in that league it seems and uh you're gonna see that like the salaries for players are gonna go down like these record contracts by like your Bryce Harper's and Manny Machado and Mookie Betts they're gonna go down like it's not it's not sustainable like in terms of just Cause you're losing fan. You've already been losing fans. You're trying to speed up the pitch counts and stuff like that. And then now the scandal happens and you treated it like garbage basically. And you still won't even let Pete Rose into the hall of, or back into baseball. Mm-hmm. So basically it's like, well, we're just going to decide what cheaters we allow to continue on and what we don't, who we don't. Yep. But, uh, and then just, yeah, but now with this pandemic and that they had an opportunity where they could have ratings like through the roof if they didn't, Right. But I don't even know, like, I don't know what the ratings are for MLB. I know like in the NHL and the NBA, they were like double what they've been um, in the past. And obviously, because I mean, so many sports fans are just like, and um, like just with withdrawal, going through withdrawal, so to speak, and are just happy to have something to kind of look forward to in the evening to watch or in the day or whatever you're doing. But uh and people probably would be watching baseball more if they just were going to, but like games are getting canceled left, right, and center. It's like, all right, I, I can't wait to watch this game tonight. Oh, it's been postponed. Oh, my team's not playing for the next week. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So, okay, great. So cool. I can't even get behind my team. Like, I don't even want to watch any of the other games. But um, the only other story that I kind of like, because again, I haven't really been watching too much of baseball, but uh, I've heard that. Um, Vladimir Guerrero, a lot of people, they're harping on him because he hasn't uh, been hitting all that well, I guess. And I guess all I got to say is the kid's like, what, 20 years old? Like, give him a break. (laughs) Yeah, so I I, I think that's a bit far-fetched. I mean, he may be having a rough season, like, and just with everything else going on, you got players dropping like flies too in terms – like Marcus Stroman just said that he's not going to play the remainder of the season. Other players all across the board are just um, uh, not playing. So, but like, I mean, yeah, again, with Vladdy Guerrero, like he's going to bounce back. I think this is just 
this is one of those weird seasons where you don't know what's going to happen. And it's also hard to get consistency uh, when you're not getting enough at bats because games have been postponed. Like, I mean, they were the Philly series, I'm pretty sure was postponed. And then I think yeah. they were supposed to face St. Louis at one point and then that yeah. got postponed. So yeah. not, not to mention that they decided for some reason at the start of the regular season to switch them from third to first. So like why they didn't do that, make that switch in the off season, like later on and give them a chance to actually know the position better. And it's, yeah. but that's, that's, that's a whole nother thing. That's just part and parcel with how baseball has gone so far this year. So, yeah, it's yeah. just, it hasn't uh, gone well. And I mean, if, if major league baseball is any indication of how poorly you can, um, mismanage the way that you're dealing with this COVID uh, pandemic. Uh, the NFL's in even worse trouble because like they're talking about having fans in their stadiums and yep. just going ahead. Like there's no COVID apparently in the States, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and they uh, have players opting out left, right and center. You have like six guys from the Patriots already who've opted out. So yeah. that'll be interesting to see what happens with the NFL and, well, and apparently like there was a guy on the Seattle Seahawks that snuck in his girlfriend in yeah, Seahawks. Got, like, uh, yeah. That was pretty stupid. It's just, you just know, it's a gong show. It's a gong show. It really is. And so, yeah. But, but yeah, at least like right now we got the NBA, the NHL, um, too bad for the Leafs, but, uh, yeah, I guess uh, all the Toronto fans out there, you gotta you gotta start looking at the Raptors because yeah. uh, get on that train. They're 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 the franchise of uh, that knows how to take care of business. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll see what happens with that, but uh, I guess uh, yeah. So I know it's been a bit of a break, and um, we've been trying to give you as much content as we can, but now I guess with the uh, with the leagues coming back, at least we got more to talk about with respect to sports. Cause for a few episodes, there it was a, a pretty rough battle of uh, not being able to talk about sports. Um, but uh, yeah, we're going to be getting back on the wagon and uh, hopefully you'll be hearing uh, from us soon with another uh, fun fact filled episode. <laughs> yeah. We'll try and keep it consistent. We'll see. We'll, we'll try and come up with one every week, but uh yeah, it's good to come back and actually talk about sports that are happening for real. And, you know, we'll see, we'll see how the playoffs go when they start for uh, the NBA and we'll see who makes it out of round one in the NHL. And we'll see how much longer baseball will continue to be played. And we'll see if the NFL actually gets off the ground as they're supposed to. So, uh, yeah. 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 So we look forward to that. Uh, in the meantime, uh, thank you for all for listening and continuing to listen. And uh, we'll see you uh, for the next episode.